Hello, and happy podcast day. Happy podcast day to you too. I'm celebrating the podcast day with um, a chocolate coffee, I think they call that mocha frappuccino. Oh, that sounds very appropriate for podcast day. Mm, it's also nice and cool and sweet. Yes. But isn't it getting colder down there? It is, but I've got the like heater cranked, so... Ah, yes, okay. <laughs> need to compensate for the compensation. Indeed. I'm always reminded of Futurama, where Fry and Amy go to, like, Mercury on a car, and, like, they turn up the AC, and then they're too cold, and so they turn on the heater, and then the car dies, because they're running out of power. <laughs> Sounds about right for Futurama. Yep. I actually watched a video from, I think it was Nerdwriter today, about Futurama. Mm-hmm. You know the episode where we figure out what happens with uh, Fry's dog after he gets cryogenically frozen for 2,000 years? Uh-huh. And the dog just, like, sits on in front of that pizza place forever until it dies waiting for Fry to come back. It is the saddest thing of all time. Yes. Yeah. So, apparently, in a future... I'm not sure if it's an episode or, like, a special or something, but Bender does some time traveling and basically stops it so Fry never actually gets sent back. So in this alternate, or get sorry, sent forward, I guess is the more appropriate mm-hmm. word there. Um, and so Nerdwriter was just so offended that they had introduced a an alternate timeline where the dog never has that happen to them. He's like, it just says, I don't know, it says a lot about the human experience and a lot about Fry and his own decision making and his guilt. And like he finds out that's what happens to the anyway mm-hmm. and it just changes right. all of this stuff and he called it a retcon and he's like i hate this so much and i was just like you know i hate retcons too i really hate it when people go back and change things i don't know if that's exactly what this was and i'm not sure if it's worth the amount of like <laughs> criticism you're keeping upon this <laughs> right. concept yeah. here I, i've never heard of anybody <laughs> complain about this before i think it's widely understood to be kind of a one-off time travel story right 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 <laughs> i it it changes nothing and this person is just overly upset i agree I plus feel. it was like a 12 minute video where that was the one point that he made and i was like all right <laughs> we're padding a little bit here you had this one thought and you're like this could be a whole video i disagree <laughs> well you gotta get it over 10 minutes for the youtube algorithm to yes. recommend it yeah <laughs> i'm very aware i know why mm-hmm. it's as long as it is but it's just he's usually very good at just it feels like this is an appropriate amount of time to talk about this thing or these multiple ideas and this one was just kind of like hmm. this hmm. first time i've been a little disappointed with him that's all it was fine fair enough yes it was anyway i haven't actually watched a lot of futurama i don't know what it is really yeah i mean I've, if i had to think of how many episodes of the show i've watched it's probably like 20 total Whoa. over the whole run that's like a season <laughs> Yes, but spread out, right? I never sat right. down and just said, okay, season two, go. It uh, was over the years. I'll just catch something on Adult Swim, or it was over here, or then it was on Fox. or. And so, to this point, I feel like I understand Futurama really well, because I've seen a lot of episodes. I know who all the characters are. I've heard about all of the major plot points just on Reddit or Twitter or whatever over the years. Mm-hmm. So there's no part of me that's like, I should sit down and watch all of Futurama, even though it's really good. It's mm-hmm. an excellent show, and I probably would enjoy it. No part of me is like, I need to get all of it. I just feel like I've gotten all of it already. I don't know why. Well, 
Uh, I mean, that's probably fair. I mean, it's also um, Matt Groening, I believe. Yes, it is. So watching it, you would get a very familiar sense from The Simpsons, which you've definitely seen more of, at least the first 10 seasons. Correct. Um, I mean, and so yeah. I, I can imagine watching some of Futurama and being like, this feels very familiar and not yeah. needing to watch all of it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I consider it very different from The Simpsons. Uh, Nerdwriter, I've seen a couple of his videos about Futurama, and he always makes the point that it was like the most overly qualified writing staff for a TV show of all time. Because there's people <laughs> with like multiple PhDs in physics and like a master's degree in mathematics sitting over here. Like everybody's crazy educated. And that's why there's so much, you know, high level science and math and philosophy in this show. Is because that's who the people are who are writing this. Uh, so it just, it feels different from Simpsons, which has always been. Smart, but not that kind of smart, you know, especially the early seasons. It was intelligent, funny, clever, great writing, but it was never like, let's discuss, you know, the concept of loss in a deep and almost scientific way, you know. I don't know. I'm not saying that Futurama isn't dumb, because Futurama has a lot of dumb moments, for sure. But it's <laughs> right. just, I've never considered it to be the same thing as The Simpsons. Right, but I've... I. As someone who's watched the entirety of at least five or six seasons um, of Futurama, I wouldn't say it feels smart either. Mm, right? Okay. That there are lots of times where it's like, okay, that the, there is something smart going on. Like there's an episode where um, uh, it's like a mathematical problem of how do you prove that if you do something where like it's really weird because it's like the globetrotters basketball team or something like, oh yeah no 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 the harlem globetrotters are like brilliant physicists in this universe yeah right 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 and they're dealing with like some really smart math problem and they can they like bust out chalkboards and they solve it it's great but that it it's not necessary for that to even be a real formula or problem or a solution because there are plenty of shows like uh, Rick and Morty where it's like here's all this interdimensional sci-fi stuff and it's not real, it doesn't matter it's complete techno babble and Futurama could be the same you don't need a qualified writing stuff to do that hmm. okay Yeah. well anywho, the point is I don't know, it's not so much that I didn't want to go back and watch because I feel like I've already seen it it's just more that I don't know. More that the show doesn't do enough stuff in it over the run that I want to watch it. I guess it's kind of like Friends, right? You love Friends. Mm-hmm. But sure. it's not like a lot changes or a lot of stuff happens over the show's run, right? No, a lot of stuff happens. Okay. Like, lots of things happen. <laughs> hmm. All right. Yeah. Well, maybe this is just my interpretation of what things are being off then. Maybe. <laughs> Anywho, the point is, I have a lot of stuff on my list. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I will. I will agree with you that stuff like sitcoms, like Friends, it's a lot of stuff happens, but it always feels like the balance resets to zero at the end of every episode or the mm. other ep every other episode, and so you still end up at a point that feels familiar to start the show, and that's kind of how sitcoms work. I feel. Yes, like, and sure, people get married, and sometimes people die, but it's a pretty rare occurrence that anything like super universe-changing occurs. Mm-hmm, yeah. I mean, 
Yeah. Yeah, like, I, the biggest thing I could think of is stuff like Community, where it's a couple of the actors leave. But things like Friends or Futurama, that never happens throughout the show, but they always... Even though things change, they still feel similar. But the similarities, I guess, don't matter then. Right. Or the, the changes don't matter. Yeah. If, yeah. Not as much. Hmm. I mean, there's stuff like the Fry and Leela relationship. Mm-hmm. Which I understand goes from a point A to point B over the course of the entire show, but it's so slow. <laughs> it takes so much time to get really anywhere that way. So, I don't know. It's, it's mm-hmm. fine. Things are good. Mm-hmm. Futurama. Decent show. Yeah. So, speaking of the TV and Rick and Morty, mm-hmm. uh, the second half of the fourth season wrapped up the other day. Oh, okay. Really good. Like, really fantastically good episode. They actually brought back a couple of things that they'd teased mm-hmm. a lot. Like, specifically teased in earlier episodes years ago at this point and never really came back to. And finally they did. Okay. Like what? Uh, so, sp- quick spoiler alert. Actually, do you care about Rick and Morty spoilers? I can't remember. No. No. Okay. So, bottom line, Rick has a best friend named Bird Person. Who he's like fought wars with, and mm-hmm. is like the closest thing in the world to a friend that he has. Mm-hmm. Bird and then person he, dies, and then Bird Person, yeah, he gets betrayed at his own wedding and murdered and gunned down, and then brought back as Phoenix Person, which is like a cyborg Bird Person, where it gets really complicated as what this guy is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and so that happens like in season two. It's uh-huh. and this is not just two years ago because Rick and Morty took a huge break. So this is like three years ago. They've never really teased Phoenix person ever coming back after that moment. And they finally did here. Okay. And so that happens. Like there's the thing uh, where Beth and Rick have a conversation about she kind of wants to go out and do her own adventurous stuff. But also she wants to stay in and be with her family. Mm-hmm. And she's really split on this. And so Rick offers to make a clone of her that can go off and do adventures while she stays home. Mm-hmm. But it's never said whether she takes the offer or not. And then in this episode, she did. <laughs> and so the best part is he doesn't know which one's the clone. And neither of them know which one is the clone. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of put forward as like it doesn't. It's put forward as it matters. But I don't understand why it matters, I think. Like, does it really matter that nobody knows which one of them is the cloned version of this person? Because they have all the memories they have all the experiences up to the point mm-hmm. they got cloned. They're the, basically the same person. They're just one of them's following different impulses than the other one. Sure. So yep. It's interesting. It really good. It, zippy, the writing was fast. It was fantastic. So I highly cool. recommend it. If you have been waiting on season four of Rick and Morty and you're like, oh, they split it into two parts and is it even worth going back and watching? The answer is yes. <laughs> okay. Enjoyed it immensely. Mm-hmm. Glad to hear it. Yes. So what have you been into recently? Um Not much. <laughs> right? Like I've been watching a lot of um I would call it garbage on YouTube. Oh, okay. So just stuff like blooper reels from community, uh oh, yeah. Total Biscuit Hearthstone gimmicks videos that I watched like five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um re watching some of that. Rewatching some of that, rewatching some like CGP Grey videos, like as far as like serialized content, so TV or movies and things like that. 
I've kind of been watching three shows. Um, one of them I really like, uh, Kakushikoto. Okay. Um, anime about a dude who's a manga artist. Um, but he draws like not like lewd but naughty uh like dirty jokes kind of comics right manga okay and um he doesn't want his like seven-year-old daughter to find out what he does and so it's just a sitcom about him trying to hide his job from her Hmm. yeah which is pretty funny but at the end of every episode there's like a two-minute flash forward to when the child is an adult and there's a running mystery of like her father has disappeared <laughs> and like his comic uh his manga studio is like shut down and one of the people is like working at a bookstore and one of the books is like the manga card that disappeared and he's like mm, he knows something it's like leading on that he knows that he didn't really disappear oh and so but it, it's literally like anywhere from like two minutes to 30 seconds at the end of each episode that's how they're stringing along this mystery at the end uh okay yeah i've seen that method before yeah, and so I mean it's working because it's I'm I'm interested, and the ninety eight percent of the rest of the show is just cute father looks after cute daughter doing cute things in cute ways, and it's all very feel good. But then there's the mystery. But then there's the mystery, so it's fun. The other two things that I'm watching, I haven't really kept up to. One of them is called uh, how do you pronounce this? Shashi Chibato, President, It's Time for Battle, which is a like an adventure of fantasy anime about uh, the corporate world and everything's corporatized. And so like, they go into a dungeon and the puzzles are like, you need to satisfy workers' rights and profits. How do you do this? <laughs> or, like that's the kind of puzzles they get it's really really bad (laughs) like i cannot tell you like i don't rate things on my anime list before i finished watching them but i got like six into the episodes into this being like i'll give it a try maybe it'll get better i can kind of get the gimmick if it works it doesn't work and after like seven episodes i'm like i want to finish this just to say that (laughs) I did, so I'm qualified to give it, like, the 2 out of 10 it deserves. <laughs> so that nobody can be like, you only watched the first two episodes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you're, you're, you're powering through? I'm struggling. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, th- there's, there's an entire, like, arc where they're trying to get this, like, inheritance from um one of the main characters his father has like disappeared and donated all of his company's quote-unquote legacy stuff to a museum and then if so they get the kid to then take over the company who's just had all their stuff donated and to get all that stuff back they have to pay a tax and the tax is like some outrageously large amount of money i'm like why couldn't you just buy new stuff with that money yeah like there's there's a lot of writing like that. It's like, it doesn't make any sense. And then they get all the stuff back, and it's like, oh, that was a test from the old guy who disappeared. He wouldn't prove that you could run a company. Yeah, not exactly a satisfying payoff. Uh, no. Um, I'm going to recommend you stop watching this. 
But I need to be qualified to tell people it's bad. I don't think you do. There's enough I bad do. stuff out there, man. What's its rating currently on my anime list? Is there like an Ooh. average? Uh, let me look it up. Because if it's already two, you can stop. <laughs> uh... Um, it's weird. It's got a different name. It's five point two five out of ten. Out of ten, it's effectively two. <laughs> right? Nobody's gonna be like, "Should I give this a try?" Oh, it's five point five. Yeah, you know what? It's worth my time. <laughs> I mean, yeah. All right. I could, probably, I could maybe stop. I'm just going to officially free you from doing this, but if you want to continue, you can. I'm not telling you what to do. Just <laughs> giving you the option. Uh, yeah. Bruh. So yeah, things are kind of exciting here a little bit with mm. the, you know, the protesting slash kind of some rioting slash further police misbehavior slash it's a little nuts. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, oh, before I, I, I get there, the uh, the SpaceX launch went really well. I'm not sure if you're able to watch that. I haven't heard of this. Oh, so SpaceX, um, Elon Musk's going to Mars company. Mm -hmm. Yes, I, I know what SpaceX is. You're familiar with SpaceX. Okay, I thought you might yeah. be. I was just making sure. Uh, it was the first time on Saturday, the f or your Sunday, I guess, by that time, uh, the first time a privately owned, like, rocket ship company launched and sent people to the space station. Cool. Yeah. So they were able to launch uh, from Florida up to the International Space Station. Everything went really well. It was pretty fantastic. And it's just, I don't know, it's nice. It was the first time there was a, a man crew launch from u.s soil in since like 2011 ever since nasa discontinued the space shuttle program mm -hmm. so it's the first time in a while it was pretty neat it was just kind of cool to see the next step to officially i mean the goal is to colonize mars so this is the mm. next step along that very long very complicated very difficult journey well there are a lot of important things to nail between now and mars like yep Colonizing lunar is more important than um, is like the first I would say the major um, achievement on the way. Like if we can get it working somewhere relatively close to Earth, yes, where help is maybe feasible if something goes wrong to these people up in space, moderately feasible. <laughs> yes, yeah. um, and then we can maybe start looking at uh, Mars. Yeah, no, you're right. The next big, big, big step would be doing something on Mars, but the eventual goal, or sorry, is the moon. But eventual, eventually, it's uh, it's Mars. So oh. hmm. anyway, that was neat. And my, I was like, hey kids, you want to watch a rocket launch up to the International Space Station? And they were like, no. I was like, too bad, we're watching it anyway. Because <laughs> I'm Good. a dad, and yeah. we did, and they liked it. They thought it was really cool. They're like, it's going eight thousand miles an hour. Like blew their little minds. <laughs> <laughs> really so, slow. Uh, yeah. Well, yes. That's as it was accelerating <laughs> up. Like yeah. it gets to like, I think the max was seventy thousand miles an hour. Yeah. Anyway, orbital speeds zippy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But they were just like watching that little MPH, uh, MPH thing going up, and just the fact too that the booster rocket lands itself as well, mm. so you mm -hmm. can reuse it, saving like a bajillion dollars each launch. That was neat. That went really well. So it was encouraging. 
Yeah. There was a lot of stuff that could have gone wrong. It was a hard thing to do, and Mm -hmm. they pulled it off. So, it's the it's the one one of like two things that I like about Elon Musk. (laughs) Is SpaceX? SpaceX. All right. What's the other thing? Uh, I like uh, self-driving and um, electronic vehicles. I like that development. Cool. Which, which he is also like not really a part of. Like he owns and operates, but every time he like tweets something about Tesla, their stock stock prices drop. Sure does. I don't. Yeah, I don't know how involved he is day to day in any of his companies. Yeah, he has a few. Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, um, I also like, I his like him solar power battery stuff that he's got going on mm, yeah i just include everything electronical with tesla because mm. that's seems to be the driving point for that stuff at the moment is how can i charge my cars easier <laughs> yeah you know which progress is being made there too so yep hooray the future in some ways yeah. also boo the future in other ways apparently because <laughs> Because, yeah, I just... Uh, so somehow we go from this COVID thing, which is horrible and affecting everybody on a global scale, mm-hmm. to we have another instance of a white cop murdering a black citizen in the U.S. and everything goes nuts mm-hmm. further. I heard about this. Yeah, so that happens. I mean, it's completely an unjustified death. Uh, for a while, there were people who were like, well, I didn't... He didn't know what was happening, and it was a weird, fluky thing that the guy died, but then the autopsy report came out and was like, no. So, <laughs> this is bad news, and it's a long, just a long history of this kind, this very specific kind of thing happening over the years in the United States. In specific, I think what made this instance as enraging as it was is that this particular cop has been involved in bad shootings before, and kind of investigated but not really and maybe transferred around the department a little bit and then everyone forgets about it and he keeps working Mm. so it just it's he's emblematic of a larger issue where there are a lot of cops and i'm not going to say it's all cops because it's not but it's a big number of policemen in the u.s who have been involved in bad acts of some kind in Mm -hmm. the past and historically they haven't really faced any consequences for that, and they're allowed to continue on doing the things that they're doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know, I know, you love John Oliver, so I'm going to bring up a. There's a John Oliver episode about it where he mentions that police officers who, are, you know, are in these kinds of situations uh, can often at times uh, get a label of gypsy cops because they just move to a different yeah. like um, station or interstate or whatever. And at some times, depending on the state, they can actually have their records expunged. Like, so even if there was a record of them, you know, accidentally, maybe intentionally murdering someone, uh, they can get that stricken, like gone. And then yeah. the next employer doesn't won't even know. see it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's like the priests. The priests who are molesting kids in the Catholic Church worldwide. They'd find out that a priest was molesting kids and say, hmm, and send them to a different parish. And just be mm-hmm. like, hey, you have a new priest, enjoy him. We're mm-hmm. not going to tell mm-hmm. you what he did. It's just... Mm-hmm. Organizational... Corruption. Yeah, I was going to say incompetence, but that's not what it is. It's corruption. No. It is a further <laughs> word. Yeah. Yeah, on the bad scale. So, the trick here is, what do you do about it? 
I mean, I am not someone who's huge into like federal government oversight into anything because I think it's complicated and it's big. And the bigger something is, the more incompetent it is. But at this point, I don't know what else you do other than have some kind of a federal organization like the FBI be in charge of these things. And in the instance where there is a bad shooting or the instance where somebody dies in custody and it seems unjustified, then they come in and they investigate it and then they can press charges and do whatever they need to do with these people because that is not happening mm-hmm. otherwise. And I don't know you can put down a directive or, hey, guys, hey, police precincts across the country, start taking this seriously. Okay, thanks. <laughs> like, they're not yeah. going to do that. They're not going to start changing the way they've been behaving for all these years mm-hmm. and decades and centuries and however long it's been and another crazy thing i heard about the minneapolis situation which is where this death was is that they had a like progressive police chief who was really interested in rooting this stuff out and she actually requested a federal investigation into her department Mm -hmm. tried to figure out what was going on tried to right some wrongs that had been ignored in the past and it was going pretty well and then she got involved in a scandal and got kicked out and then that was it (laughs) So, I mean, tinfoil hat me says she, like, that scandal, you know. Yeah, maybe she was set up, right? Yeah. Because of what she was doing. Maybe she was framed mm-hmm. for something. And I don't know. I haven't looked into enough to tell you whether that's the case or not, but that's what happened in a nutshell. Again, tinfoil hat <laughs> from me. Yeah. Like, no yeah, evidence yeah. to support that at the moment. It's very well. What, what kind of a scandal was she involved in? Just I don't even know. Curious. Okay. Like, the thing that I read didn't go into it. It was literally just she got involved in a scandal and was removed from her position. Mm, Okay. Yeah. Rough. Yeah. So, anyway. um, Bleh. So, the point here is that I do support a lot of reforms in that area. People have come up with concepts of making it harder to be a cop because it's kind of easy. In the U.S. at this point, but actually having them go through, you know, two, three, four years of training to get there with a lot of psychological evaluation along the way will help weed out the bad ones before they even get a badge and a gun, you know. Mm. I mean, it's an attempt. It's not a guarantee of anything. Right, right. right. Yeah, it's just it's a problem where you can't have people with badges and guns be like I, I keep seeing I think it's a Chris Rock quote or something where it's like you can't have police be some bad apples they need to be all good right which is it's freaking impossible it's it's impossible and but he's not wrong <laughs> right he's not it, it like it's an ideal that people need to keep working towards and implement systems to increasingly weed out these things yes um well, and two, there needs to be an atmosphere where good cops can feel like they can speak up about things they see and not mm-hmm. get negatively impacted by that. Because mm-hmm. I think that's a big part of it. I think, and I've seen good cops be criticized for this and being, you know, you were complicit with this bad act because you didn't blow the whistle on it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, maybe. But the other part of it is, I think if you're a cop and you know nothing's going to happen, if you bring this up to your superiors... And mm-hmm. then you might get punished for it. You're going to be reluctant to say anything about it. So you need to right. change the culture and the attitude of what's going on. Yeah, I mean, co- changing the culture and the attitude is a good way to do it. But just having a system for external review, right? So like the FBI, if you're a cop and you're going, you know, going to your police chief in your department or your station or whatever, how that works, 
won't do anything, you need a way to raise a flag elsewhere for an external review to come in. Yes. Um, whether that's the FBI or whoever, I don't know. But Well, there's uh, Internal Affairs, which uh-huh. is kind of an outside organization that comes in. I mean, another problem with Internal Affairs and other other concepts like that is cops circle the wagons in that point, right? Mm-hmm. They don't want to respond to interview questions. They don't want to show evidence of things that happened. They mysteriously lose footage of body cams, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, but, I mean, that's, the tr- that's true no matter who's trying to fix things, right? They're going to face right. that, kinda, that kind of obstruction. Yeah. Yeah. In which case, I feel like if they're going to obstruct, surely you could arrest them for obstruction of justice. Right. Yes. <laughs> yep. It's like... Okay, well, you don't want to play ball, go to prison. Um, yeah. Um, I feel like that's a solution to either way, because I, I, I really just feel like it's prisoner's dilemma sort of a thing, where it's like, good cops aren't going to obstruct, bad cops are, so why not just arrest the ones that obstruct, even if you don't get them for the thing you're investigating? Kind of feels like yeah. it solves both problems. They don't want totally. to be- behave and commit, and, you know. Yeah, because if you're obstructing, you're not interested in helping solve the problems that are present yeah. and you're part of the problem so yeah so there's that uh it was encouraging to see that the officer who was involved in the death in minneapolis did get arrested and charged with murder mm-hmm. so in the past that hasn't really necessarily been the case mm-hmm. <laughs> so sadly that is an improvement mm-hmm. um so i don't know it's complicated it's also complicated a lot of people are blaming this on the fact that president trump is in office and he's not as uh, supportive of the movements against police brutality as you'd like him to be, right? Uh, and, yeah, yeah. I, I would say there is definitely that feeling. Yeah, and so in an indirect roundabout kind of a way, I think that emboldens bad cops to continue their bad behavior because there's not really a federal policy against this. Maybe there's not going to be anything com- that comes back on me for this. And whether that's true or not, Again, it just matters what the attitude is, right? What you believe is the reality. Right, right. Um, This just reminds me of a guy, like the first person President Trump gave his pardon to, right, was a sheriff or something from somewhere who was fired and arrested for racial profiling, right? Mm-hmm. That like that's what he went for prison for, and that's what President Trump pardoned him for. That's a pretty strong message you're sending, right? Yes. Yeah. Um. Blech. So, I can definitely see where people are coming from when they make that argument. Um, yep. I don't know if there's enough pardons in the world to make like it. It sends a message, but like, there still needs to be a system in place that. Uh, you know, cops that who feel emboldened get punished, right? Because you theoretically, I I just I can't understand looking at a system being like cops are doing bad things. Let's not punish them. No, 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 no. That's what police are there to do. They're there to punish, like stop people who do bad things. How is that so hard to work out? <laughs> yeah. Right. You can't pardon right. every police officer that does this, right? No. That's clearly not a solution. So what good does pardoning one do other than embolden people? I don't know. It's just yeah. Well, and back to my original concept of it needs some kind of oversight. 
mm-hmm. if the president isn't interested in that happening, it's not going to happen. Like, there's not somebody else. There's not anybody that's going to be like, I'm going to start this program without presidential approval um, mm-hmm. at the federal level. It's just even if literally you don't need the president to approve what you're doing, you're still not going to do it just because he's the you know he's the commander in chief. Right. So that's that's why I look at this and I'm like, I understand that we need change. We need reform. We need a lot of stuff to happen. I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. I think mm-hmm. just because this is just the nature of it is people are going to get tired of protesting. People are going to get have to go back to their jobs. People are going to have to get on with their lives and they're going to feel discouraged that nothing actually happened. But I think that's where we're going with this. And I don't know. I, I mean, I'd like to say if Trump loses the election in November, that things could change in a positive direction for this. But I really don't know. Hmm. Uh, if I had to make a prediction, I would say everything you just suggested probably happens. People get mm-hmm. to start discouraged. They go back to work. And eventually, this all settles down. And then uh, my prediction is another murder happens or another injustice in some way happens. And yeah. protest comes back, but they're larger. Riots come back, and they're worse. And that yeah. keeps happening. Um, because if peace, peaceful, peaceful protests worked, riots wouldn't happen. Um, because I... Mm, I feel like when you're directly challenging the authority uh, in the area, yeah, I don't think peaceful protests work very well. Um, like governmental authority i don't think listens to that particularly well so a couple things the martin luther king jr protests in the 60s that largely generated and helped create the civil rights movements for america back then Mm -hmm. he was huge into like uh, he wanted to call it civil disobedience right Mm -hmm. he's like we're not rioting all we're doing is going into restaurants that don't let black people come in and sitting Mm -hmm. down Mm mm-hmm we're drinking from drinking fountains that are only for white people. We're doing stuff. We're not breaking anything. We're not destroying anything. We're, mm-hmm. we're just doing this. And that was it. That was what led to the civil rights movements and the acts that got a lot of attention. The cops behaved really badly in that situation too. Mm-hmm. And that was that. So I do think that nonviolent organization and protest has worked in the fairly mm-hmm. recent past for the United mm-hmm. States. I would argue people being allowed to walk into a whites-only cafe and order a drink, that's good. But I can't point to a specific change that these people want to see like that. That, Like, if you want to have a peaceful protest or public disobedience or civil disobedience work, you need specifics. And I don't think walking down the street counts. As, like, a specific change. Like, what are you hoping to affect there? I mean, again, what you're hoping to affect is some reforms in how bad acts of cops are prosecuted and handled, right? Right, but that's not the same thing, right? It's not as concrete of a clear concept, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. And also, everything I've seen, and again, that's the other problem with this, is that everybody's on Twitter and everybody's on Reddit and everybody's on Facebook trying to portray their version of the events. Mm-hmm. I don't know that anybody who's getting 8 million retweets is really interested in uh, portraying the truth 100%. Mm-hmm. Right? A lot, most of them are interested in getting additional retweets. But from what it seems like, there's a lot of peaceful protesters out there, and there are s- 
uh, some people who are just there as um, people are there recognizing it as an opportunity to riot. They're the people that just want to break windows and steal stuff and burn things. And you can't Mm -hmm. do that normally. You need another type of uh, an activity to kind of blend into. Right. Mm hmm. So that's what I've seen, is that it's generally people who are interested in writing, uh, whether it's to try to cast negative light on the protesters, or they're just anarchists who just like burning stuff, and this is their thing. Sure. So that's happening, and then that gets picked up by the Fox Newses of the world as, oh, they're burning down buildings, and they're throwing bricks through windows, and they're mm-hmm. behaving like animals, and we're n- never give them what they want, right? It's so much easier to do that if... Right. believe that they're all just burning down cities, which is yeah, yeah. not accurate. No, it's not. <sighs> yeah, yeah if, you, if you give them the opportunity to make you look like the villain, they're going to do it, right? No matter which way you point it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so that's, that's the, rough. And that's what a lot of Trump's tweets and public statements have been about, is the rioters, right? Yeah. So it's yeah. very clear that's what he sees this as. He's like, these people... <laughs> There was, you know, there's this one cop and there's this one guy that died and they're burning down entire cities and I'm going to sick the military on him and I'm going to tear gas him and we're going to stop this, you know? Right. Because that's his perspective and it sucks. It's Mm -hmm. very, it's too complicated for him, I think is the problem. Yeah. I mean, sure. I don't know. I don't know. How smart is Trump? That's the hard question. I don't know. (laughs) It's easy to say he's a complete moron, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know. There's parts of him that have some level of intelligence. Well, according to him, he's a genius. So Yeah, he's not there. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know how smart he is. He's not a genius. This is in. News at nine. Water is wet. Yeah. Um, Blah. Mm. So, I don't know. So, it's, I mean, as far as I've been affected by this whole thing is my local Walmart closes at 5 o'clock now instead of 8 o'clock for the COVID hours it was on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did you it get your actually, drill? Yeah, I did. So that's a okay. funny story. I already told Zomicron <laughs> this, but I ordered a drill just for drilling stuff around the house, power drill, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, ordered it for pickup from Walmart because it's super easy. You just go into the entrance. You don't have to go too far in. There's a big old, like, automated tower that grabs your thing and drops it down to you. It's kind of neat, actually. Do they have those where you are? Have you seen these before? Hmm? What? Yeah. It's, I tuned uh, out. <laughs> yeah, I know you're fine. Because you oh, thought yeah. I was telling you a story that you've already yeah. heard. Yeah. Yes, and so I was taking an opportunity to read uh, Trump's tweets. Because I normally oh, don't see them. Why would you do that? All right. Because you, you were talking about them. It's true. It's fine. So, yeah. it's um, They're pickup towers. They installed fairly recently... At my local Walmart, anyway. Here, I'll send you a video. Okay. So, basically, they send you an email or they push notify to you to the Walmart app that your pickup thing is ready. You go up to it, you scan a barcode, and then it, like, apparently all the pickup stuff is in the top of this tower. And it grabs the thing that you want, drops it down to you, and then you walk out. Huh. So, it's pretty neat. So, I set it yeah. up for pickup, and they said it'd be ready the next day. And I said, that's fine. I'm not in a super hurry for this thing. And then about two hours later, they sent me an email saying it's ready for pickup. This was like at 5.10 p.m. And I was like, cool. I know they close at 8. I can go there fast and get it and come home and be ready to go. So I show up to Walmart at like 5.15 or 5.20. And the front doors are shut. There's like a line of shopping carts in front of the entrance side. And there's Walmart employees all over the other side for exit. Just making sure that people are leaving and not going in. Mm -hmm. And 
I'm walking up and they're like, yeah, we closed at, closed at five. And I was like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? And yeah, apparently it's a result of some of the protests going on in Salt Lake City. And so, I don't know. It's all rumor, man. It's all rumor and conjecture. So what I heard was that, no, we're not officially under the curfew set by the mayor of Salt Lake City. We're not, mm-hmm. a, we're not inside that zone. Because we're, I mean, we're so far west from, from, uh, from Salt Lake. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing out here. But anyway, uh, but apparently there had been some specific threats against Walmart in general from like some of these groups. So mm-hmm. Walmart's like, all right, we're just going to take the easy route, shut it down, send everybody home at five o'clock. Which, I mean, that's another complicated thing because for some people, that's their income. And they just, you know, lost anywhere from three hours to maybe more hours of pay per day that Walmart's Mm -hmm. not compensating them for because it's Walmart. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's like, did we want people working at Walmart with the COVID stuff happening anyway? Maybe we were just putting them in the line of fire and maybe being less time in a Walmart is better for them. Mm -hmm. Ah, It's all a mess. It's a mess. Yeah. It's a mess. So, yeah, that's the only thing that's affected me as far as these protests are concerned. Mm. And I expect it to all calm down in a couple of weeks. The COVID stuff's probably going to go on forever and ever. Amen. <laughs> probably work from home for the rest of my life. The schools won't reopen. Who knows? Who knows Who what's going to happen with that? But I anticipate it'll be a while. I did hear from my boss today, actually, that... As far as he knows, there are no plans to go back into the office for us. Like, none. none. They haven't even really been talking about it. So, working home. Mm. Working from home for some time. Mm. Sometime. Okay. For some time. Hmm. So, speaking of politics and upcoming elections. Yeah. I was watching more Narcos Mexico. I think I'm almost done with it. I think I have one okay. more episode to go. We'll be done. Mm-hmm. So there, I don't know how historically accurate this show is. I feel like they've tried pretty hard to do it with obviously some license for making it more exciting for the viewing audience. Mm -hmm. Just creative liberties that way. But they claim there was an election in Mexico back in the 80s where they took advantage of the fact that early returns, early public returns for presidential elections can swing the later returns. If it looks like your candidate is losing in the first few hours of the voting, right, which is being live tallied, Mm -hmm. then you're less likely to go to the polls later to vote for him because he's a loser and what's the point, right? Right. Not everyone feels that way, but a lot of people do, and it does seem to affect elections. So this really corrupt political party in Mexico who's been in power for decades, just never given it up, right? There's actually a groundswell movement against them. Mm. partially because there was a giant earthquake in Mexico City in the 80s that killed like 20 million people and the government didn't really do much about it to help. So (laughs) people were pissed. So there's this groundswell of this new party coming up who's fighting against the corruption and the polls all say they're going to kick this, you know, old time party in the butt. Just knock them out. Right. So what they do is they set it up to where they make it look like the early returns in the presidential election on the day of the election are really favoring the old guard. Mm. And in that way, they actually do swing the votes for the rest of the people who vote throughout the day to win the election. It's, right. But the early returns were all totally fake. But they took advantage of the fact that they could fake them just, you know, just for the first three or four hours. 
and swing it the other way because they were really they were losing they were losing like 70 to 30 percent in those first couple hours but they hit it from the people and faked right. it and said they were winning by 60 you know 60 to 40 anyway so that's the thing they did uh and so i was just thinking that i mean that's how we do things now right at least in the u.s our presidential election the entire day Every news channel, all they're talking about are the returns from Iowa and the returns from Florida and the returns from New York City. And it just moves across from east to west as the day goes on. And then the final tallies are coming in in California and Washington and Oregon. And I do feel like there are people who, you know, were ready to vote for their candidate. But then the returns from New York and Ohio and Pennsylvania came in and it was looking bad and they just said, screw it, I'm not going to the polls today. It's going to be a madhouse. I'll have to wait in line and rather just stay home and we'll get them next time, you know? Mm-hmm. Blah. So that's something I, I was thinking about and especially with the upcoming election in November, which is going to be incredibly contentious and people are going to be really, really mad at each other here because mm-hmm. Trump supporters are dug in, man. Like, to this day, I am pretty sure there's nobody who was supporting Trump at the start of 2020 and is now not supporting Trump <laughs> because every story against him is just part of the conspiracy to get him out of office because they don't like that he's as successful and brilliant as he is, blah, 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 you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, f- I feel like what you guys need is a preferential voting system, right? Yeah. Just like ranked to, voting? Yeah. Um, yep. Just to slow down the count, right? Because it's like we need to go through and count all of them to see who gets knocked out, who gets the least, and then tally their second preferences. That way people on the West Coast, doesn't matter what people on the East Coast voted six hours ago, because even if your guy comes in last, you still get your second preference. You can still affect the voting outcome despite whatever the polls say at the moment. Like, and I think that'd be awesome. I feel like that's all you need to do. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> the problem, though, <laughs> yeah, that's part of it. But I think part of it, too, is any, let's see, for one party to be motivated to introduce ranked choice at the federal level, mm-hmm. it would have to benefit them, right? Mm-hmm. And if it benefits them, the other party's going to say, screw you. We're not introducing ranked choice right now because it would help you, you jerks. Mm-hmm. And so that's the situation we're in. It is anybody who wants to do it and has the power to do it is going to be fought tooth and nail by the other party to make it to make it not happen. And then maybe if, in ten years it's a switch situation, and maybe the party that wasn't going to be helped by it now will be really helped by it, and now the other party is not going to be helped by it. And unless we find a situation where somehow both parties see the light and can benefit from ranked choice at one specific lucky point in time and both support it and both push it through, I don't see it happening. That entirely summarizes all political conversation you can have in America, which is yep. if you can't get your two leading parties to agree on something that would definitely be beneficial to everyone in the goddamn fucking country. Yes. Like, just on the way, the way you elect people, you're never going to get them to agree on other issues. Nope. <laughs> at all, right? Correct. You don't need... <laughs> one person to introduce it because it'll be better beneficial for them we know it'll be beneficial for everybody 
We know this. There is no reason both parties wouldn't support it other than the fact it might get them out of office next election. <laughs> yeah, they're just interested in hanging on to their own power, and that's all that matters. So yeah. Yes. Which is why riots happen, because the voting system doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's, uh, that's a sad, sad note there, but yes. Yep. <laughs> Ooh. Boo. Cheery podcast today. I know, but I mean, that's, that's where we are. It's the mm. state of the world is not cheery. It's true fact. Truth. So, I mean, I don't know. 2020 is going to go down as one heck of one heck of a year. It will be remembered, I can tell you that much. Mm-hmm. It's definitely something. <laughs> it is something. So, I don't know. It's just so frustrating because it feels like the COVID thing was kind of getting back to normal, kind of opening up the state, but then there's always the concern of a second wave coming in the fall because stuff's opening up. And then there's the concern of what's all this protesting going to do to the COVID situation? Mm-hmm. Because we went from everyone stay at home, stay quarantined, don't leave your house unless you have to, to 10,000 people mashed up against each other in the city square, you know, jostling and exchanging everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. But you can't be like, don't do this for public safety because it's an important thing that yeah. they need to bring attention to. It's just... Ugh. It sucks. Arguably, they were doing it for public safety. Just not... Different angle like, on public safety. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there is one video that I've seen on uh, Reddit that makes me smile, which is a guy who is a creepy as fuck streamer, right? Like, he waits for other people to go live in, like, his area. Normally, he's in, like, New York or something. And then he goes and finds them, right? <laughs> Yeah, what? it's yeah, it's super freaking creepy, um, and all of his channels have like all this stuff moved now. So. But basically, it was him. He like walking... goes and knocks on their doors. No, no, no. He waits for people who are like streaming on the street, who are like walking around New York or whatever, and being like, "Hey, this is New York City. My first time here. Let's go check out Times Square." And then he goes and finds them on the street. <laughs> Good heavens! Yeah, <laughs> it's. It's weird. Yeah, but basically, weird. Okay. He, he like this clip is him walking down with one of the protests and just turns and points to like a truck and being like, "Hey, can you guys flip that?" And then the entire march stops and like two people start like calling him out and him just bolting. <laughs> <laughs> he just runs. Yeah. See, that's the kind of stuff that's going on, man. There are people who are just like, "Hmm, violence is cool. Let's incite some violence here." We have a bunch of people here with raging emotions yeah it's, it's a good place to do it yep Blech. Blech. so a message board i'm on someone's like all right post your prediction for 2020's next catastrophe <laughs> what are we gonna I'm ho- do i'm hoping aliens uh aliens would be i would put 2020 on the map for sure if it wasn't already mm-hmm but people are like, well, hurricane season could be horrible. Like, wipe out major cities on the eastern seaboard. That's something that could happen. Uh, you know, an earthquake would probably do it. Like, an mm-hmm. eight or nine earthquake in California would be a huge deal. Mm. 
but then there's always the Yellowstone caldera blowing, mm. which I think we've talked about on the pod, but probably. Yeah, effectively, it's just a huge, massive time bomb that could go off at any time, and nobody really knows when. I think I think the technical term is super volcano, which yes. I love. Super volcano. Yeah. Yeah, so if that happened, that would kill a whole lot of people and send a giant cloud of ash over most of North America and mm. then kill more people. Probably. Yeah, so that would be that would be a thing. I don't know. It's just the, I just I'm normally kind of an optimist when it comes to this kind of stuff. Mhm. Like I really and this is part of it's been my experience is that I've seen things go bad. And then things just go back to normal. Like, we had a recession in 2008. Things went back to normal pretty quickly after that. We've had protests about police violence before. Everything went back to normal after that. So, I don't know. It just feels like everything's going to go back to normal. But if this keeps pushing, like, stuff just keeps happening like this, then I don't know. My normal optimism seems like it might be struggling a bit mm. with all the things that are going down. Yep. But yeah. Yep. So, I don't know. I mean, with all the things that are happening, I'm doing fine. I'm sure mm-hmm. Samacron, as far as I know, is doing fine. We both have our jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, we're not losing our livelihood that way. True. We're personally affected by the COVID, as far as I know. <coughs> yeah. Should be good. Yeah. Oh, I had my final visit for the chicken gunya. Oh, how'd that go? Man, it's been years. It was great. So I called and I was like, are we doing this with the COVID? And like, yeah, just come in, put on a mask. It's going to be fast. I was like, all right, cool. Hmm. So yeah, so I did. Went in and they were like, so you haven't been here for six months. I was like, that is true because this is a weird study. It takes forever to get follow-ups. But they're like, yeah, they redid all the paperwork in like October. And then they did it again (laughs) in March. Uh-huh. And they want you to sign both of them. And I was like, are you kidding me? Why can't I just sign the most recent one? It's like five pages of like initial here, sign here, date this. Here's a pen we haven't sterilized. Yeah. Well, and what's funny is they could have just told me it's all the same paperwork and I would have been fine. <laughs> because uh-huh. I wasn't looking through the whole thing. I wouldn't have noticed that it was repeating stuff. Uh-huh. But they were straight up about it. So that was cool. Mm. Okay. Well, yeah. Do you get so, told any of the results of this test? No. Yeah. <laughs> nope. It's wholly unsatisfying. Uh, kinda. Yeah. I mean, once the results are complete and they're published, then sure, mm-hmm. you can go look them up. But they're not gonna like email me what happened. Hmm. It's unfortunate. I don't think they were gonna tell me if I had a placebo or not, because that's part of it, right? Yeah, but I mean, you you've definitely developed a cough. <laughs> Right, like a recurring cough that refused to leave for like the last uh, year. Right. I mean, I think I had that I, before. I don't know. I have to do I, an analysis of all the podcasts and see how frequently Falcon coughs into the microphone. Well, here's the problem I probably cut them from the podcast. Oh, right. Good point. Or I muted myself. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing with the streams or the casts. Yeah. There's no yeah. science. There's no science to be done here. Well, I suppose if you muted yourself on the cast, we wouldn't know it, because there would be a mute patch. True. No background noise at all. Everyone just go and watch his cast and listen for the sound of silence. Yeah, if you need something to do, (laughs) 
<laughs> you need something to do, then uh, go listen to all the podcasts. Listen to when there's just complete silence on my end. Mm-hmm. And then we'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sounds scientific. Because, I mean, I don't know. I never even told them about the, like, infrequent kind of consistent cough that I have. Hmm. What, they, like, all they ever they asked was, like, have you been hospitalized, right? Have you oh. received medication for any illnesses? And it's like, no. <laughs> None of that <laughs> applies to this at all. Hmm. Have you had a fever? No. Like, it's there's no other symptoms other than cough. somewhat persistent irritation in the back of my throat that doesn't entirely go away. Yeah, but I, to be fair, like, that could be a numerous other things. Like, you yeah. do do, like, seven hours of YouTube casts a week, right? Just talking that much will wear someone's throat out. Truth. Yeah. I don't do much talking during the day when I'm working anyway. Mm. Especially now, where it's like all of my conversation with my coworkers is chatted into text. text. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that probably actually makes it worse then because you're only using your vocal cords for like a short but very intense period of time. Oh, not warming yeah. them up. Yeah. I should talk to Cinnamon more. Indeed. Yep. Yep. That's it. We hmm. got our um, we got our stray cat that was living in our backyard to spend the full night indoors last night. Whoa. Didn't freak out on you, huh? Nah, no. Nah. Stayed in like on the couch all night. Cool. We had to leave the back door open, so there was like a cold breeze blowing in the entire time. Just a warmer for her, I imagine. Yeah. Cool. cool. Well, good. I think that's it. Anything else we need to cover this week? I don't think so. All right. Well, good stuff. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Hope you're all staying safe and healthy wherever you are. And please make decisions to keep yourself that way. Mm. Please feel free to check out the merch store if you need to get some stuff during this time of quarantine or the Patreon page for the podcast. And until next time, as always, thank you so much for spending your time with us, especially now. And you take care of yourself.